This is Corey. What? Oh, uh, dude, I was going to do the intro. Oh, I thought uh, I said me. No, I want to do it. Okay, sorry. We'll just scratch that. You could just go ahead. Yes. Welcome to no. another episode <laughs> oh of Cultivating Keep. Welcome, my friends. Corey, how, how are you doing, man? How's um, life? I'm doing well, thanks. See, you got to spice that. it up a little bit. All right. I respect it. Th- that's all I have for an intro. So. Okay, cool. Um, well... <laughs> Before we uh, get into today's topic, just wanted to quickly shout out our Patreon supporters. Thank you to our Patreon supporters. All of you, you know who you are. You can um, find out more about how to support us and uh, and also who they are by going to cultivateandkeep.com slash support. There's also a link in the podcast notes on your player. Uh, it should say, I don't know, something about supporting Cultivate and Keep probably. <laughs> forget what it says by now. Um, but thanks for listening. And uh, you ready to get into it? I'm ready. All right. Yes. Cool. So uh, over the weekend, actually, it was when you called me. I just happened to be at the zoo. I have this funny (laughs) thing about me where one of my favorite activities, if Monique is busy, is especially on the weekend, I'll just go in the morning while it's still nice and cool. It's not sunny. It's not hot. And I'll just go to the zoo and walk around and listen to a book or a podcast on Audible or, you know, some sort of podcast player. And so you had called me and I had just finished listening to a book called The Dip by Seth Godin. And it's all about quitting um, or also not quitting. So I thought it'd be fun to talk to you today about uh, sort of when and how to quit. Like what are the white, the right, the white ways, the right ways and reasons to quit? Uh, I love it. Yeah, dude. Uh, I think that. Uh, sorry. Okay. The wine ways. That was funny. That'd be something that you would say. Let's be honest. It, it is, but it just caught me off guard. But it happened to be me this time. Anyway. Um, yeah, I think that's a good topic. I like how um, uh, it. So most of our topics, I think we think out a lot and kind of we put down notes. I like how this one yeah. is just like literally two days ago you thought of it and we're talking about it. So, yeah, I think for us too, kind of where we're coming from in life, like just coming out of situations where like quitting was in question and kind of like figuring out you know right. when do you start and stop something um i think also it's like a loaded topic like there's just so much to explore but yeah i think it'll be good i'm excited to yeah <coughs> jump Th- into it there's a lot of <coughs> stigma around quitting like um okay so a little bit of like context around it so the premise of this book uh we're not just going to talk about the book but sort of just like the jumping off point of it is seth godin talks about um this idea of a dip where when you first start something or you first embark on something, you get a new job, new career, um, a new hobby, a new business, uh, start school, like you're learning a new skill, you know, anything. When you're just starting, there's so much like inertia when you first get started, like you're excited, you're pumped up about it, you're dreaming about all the possibilities and how fun it's going to be. And really just kind of, you tend to want to exaggerate how great something is going to be. And then after, you know, the first couple days, the first week, the first month, um, things start getting less exciting. Things start getting, start looking less promising. Um, Maybe there's some challenges or, you know, things are different than you thought they would be. And then you get into what's called the dip, where now it's kind of like this long, slow, sort of torturous even um, dip of feeling like, did I make a mistake? Uh, this is hard. I don't know if this is going to turn out to be what I want it to be. Is there end in hope, essentially? Um, and so he talks about this idea of the dip and how every good thing in life has a dip um, because most good things are hard, which is a, a 
kind of common theme of our podcasts and our episodes, um, but how there's uh, a difference between uh, the dip and a cul-de-sac. And so it talks about this idea of, of the dip being like the hard investment of working towards something, but there is an, 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 an end in sight and something that eventually goes up and gets exciting and rewardful again. But there's also a cul-de-sac where maybe it's just a dead end and maybe it's just something that you need to get out of. So he talks about like just removing the stigma of quitting and how maybe quitting is like the right move and maybe how it's actually good to quit. Maybe how you should actually be encouraged to quit um, more often or maybe uh, for reasons maybe that are uh, maybe not as acceptable as they are today. So that's kind of like where we're coming from. It's just like essentially what are the right reasons and the right times to quit. And so I thought it'd be fun also for us to talk a little bit about like all, all, all the things that we've quit and sort of our experience with it. So um, what does he say are like uh, signs or like reasons to quit something? Yeah. I mean, one of the big ones is uh, within the dip, basically you, you want to identify uh, like, is this thing that I'm experiencing the result of like short term pain or just sort of hardship It's taking too long. I'm not seeing results out of it. And it's sort of just like this short term mindset or is this something where you're thinking about um, like, does this, is this the result of like investment or is this, Mm. is this pain that I'm experiencing sort of momentary or just sort of necessary steps to take towards something greater? Hmm. How do you answer that? Because it's like, I feel like if you're in the middle of something new and exciting, like that's a very like fine line. I think with both of those, like if it's hard, let's say you could argue both sides. Like does he get more into like, how do you, like, how do you determine if it's, you know, short-term pain uh, or is it because it's it's simply not going to be sustainable? Like, how do you know? Yeah. I mean, I think there's definitely, like, a very large gray area of things. But I think you can also just sort of be honest with yourself and think, well, like, well, do I not want to do this anymore because, like, I'm sort of spoiled and, like, I just don't want to put in the work? Mm-hmm. Or do I not want to do this anymore because I I think that this other thing has much more promise or because this isn't what I thought it was going to be, or because um, I think that my talents would be more useful elsewhere. Um, So, I mean, it it really is sort of just like sitting down and really being honest about like, is this something that I should continue to invest in or should I start investing in something else? Mm. Got it. So the book in large part argues like that quitting isn't all the way bad. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a really funny idea. It's like a dichotomy because... Because quitting is always like seen as being like, don't quit. You know, it's bad. Yeah. <laughs> and, but also that like, how do you get through the dip too? You know what I mean? Like, how do you, how do you persevere through something when you do want to quit? Mm-hmm. And, and it's encouraging to know like, well, what are the right reasons, the right times to quit? And sometimes like you just go from, uh, like basically what he says is some people think that they're in a dip because they're just going to stick it out and they're just going to sort of keep investing and keep going into it. But in reality, they're in a cul-de-sac. They're in a dead end where it's not going to take them anywhere. But they think, well, I can't quit. Like winners never quit and quitting is bad and I'll never get anywhere if I just keep quitting things. So they just keep investing. They just Mm -hmm. keep putting in the hours, keep putting in the time when in reality it's never going to turn out to be something that's worthwhile. That's, uh, That's a good thought to like think about like, what are you doing right now? Is it a colder sack or is it, you know, like, where are you at? Like, is it yeah. a dead end? Like, do you just need to stop? Yeah. Dude, I'm like thinking in my head. Like, right. Is cold <laughs> to keep? Where are we at, dude? <laughs> 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 no, I'm just playing. But, uh, 
Yeah, I mean, that's what it should do. It should cause us to, like, think about whatever activity we're involved in or what do we put our time towards, like, where do we stand? Like, how is this actually going? Yeah. I'm assuming he talks about, like, taking an honest look at it, right? And, like, mm-hmm. kind of, like diagnose kind of where you're at. Um, I want to yeah. read the book. It sounds really good. Yeah, no, it's really good. I think he also, um, I think some people can be scared of quitting, too. He, he makes this analogy to going to a doctor, right, where mm. maybe you see some signs that things are wrong something's achy or it's not performing right you can't move it or it looks swollen but maybe you're afraid to take it to the doctor because you don't want to hear and confirm maybe what you're afraid of Mm -hmm. and a lot of people don't want to hear like hey look your job's a dead end or like look this relationship is actually really bad for you or or maybe look like the way that you're going in life isn't going to result in anything so you just keep going on hoping maybe things will get better but in reality, matter, yeah. like you need to hear the truth. You know what I mean? Well, it's like with the doctor analogy, it's like if, if, if you're afraid or you think you may have something wrong with you and you think by like going by not going to the doctors and getting it diagnosed, then you think you're good. But the reality is like if something is festering, like if there is something that's getting, um, you know, more and more unhealthy in your body, like it's going to continue if you go or not. Yeah. You know, and if you're heading towards like a dead end, like a career or like an idea or a project like it's probably gonna be a dead end even whether you recognize it or not so it's kind of like you might as well kind of <coughs> take it for face value like look at what's actually happening yeah so i want to talk about something that we both quit which was basketball in high school hoop dreams <laughs> hoop dreams baby i played last night i was not very good <laughs> it was a rough night so was it i mean it was okay i mean yeah it's, it's weird like in my mind i was hooping but I think the reality is I wasn't. Like know? if if Connie was on the sidelines, she'd be like embarrassed for you, basically. A little bit. Ooh, oh, this is so funny. Uh, I got home last night, like eleven thirty, pretty late, and I get in bed and she was awake, and I was like, "Oh, babe, like it was a it was a rough night. I didn't play as good as I hoped." And then <laughs> she was like, "I can't remember what she said," and I made some comment, and I was like, "What did I? S- I can't remember what I said." I was like, "Oh, like, it wasn't fun because of this reason," and she's like, "Wait a second, it wasn't fun because like you aren't." good anymore <laughs> or you're realizing that you haven't been good this whole time and like i was either way you and suck, I, yeah and i was like babe you don't encourage me. Uh, anyway yes back to the glory days when we um yeah i mean so yeah. why why did you quit basketball in well, high school uh, yeah it's funny so um for me there's like a lot of reasons but i think it just comes down to um realizing like for you know for the team that we were on and kind of our school it was like i mean it was an investment if you were going to play basketball you need or any sport um i think really any sport in high school is a significant investment i think for our situation because the team that we were on and the players that we had it was like a, a very high level like investment and so for me i kind of realized like look like i like the sport it's fun but i'm not willing to sacrifice the majority of my time like for a sport that i'm not that great at that i don't love mm-hmm. i like the first part of it and then the second part was um like, I think I had that mentality, like, my freshman year, but I, I still played. At the end of freshman year, like, uh, kind of started, like, dabbling and getting a little bit more involved with ministry. I, I started learning the drums and kind of realizing there was, like, a lot I wanted to do, like, in ministry and a lot I wanted to do to kind of just get involved with, with that. And I knew, um, like, for us, like, in high school, the whole thing was, like, oh, do full-time ministry or, like, play sports, you know? That was, like, <laughs> there was the, those two types of kids. And I, I never thought I was going to be, like, a full-time ministry, like, type person in high school sounds funny saying that. full-time ministry being like going to three ministries yeah (laughs) Yeah, i do now with like full-time job and like whatever yeah it's like four uh, hours of church time that's what it was anyway uh and i just felt like uh, i felt super super like just compelled to do ministry and so 
Um, I did, and that was kind of like in short my reasons why. Hmm. And I like looking back at it. I think I've shared this before in a podcast, but like there's been several times in my life where I've like looked back over kind of where I'm at today. And I think a lot of things that I'm involved with now, whether it be like ministry or just like even like stuff in life, uh, came from like really starting. Um, like that decision b- back in my sophomore year where I decided to like stop playing sports and really do just dev- dedicate more time to being involved with, like with the church and doing um, doing worship music and that kind of stuff. And you had an interesting situation too because um, your dad was really involved mm-hmm. and your brother played basketball yeah. and it was sort of like it was a thing that you had done your entire life essentially. You played basketball for several years mm-hmm. and so to just drop out like before your junior year when things are supposed to just get good is like yeah. – you know, it, it's not maybe like, it, it wasn't the most popular decision. Like you had to talk to your dad about it and to the coach about it and, and probably let some people down. Right. Well, it's funny, like talking about quitting because we've talked about this, um, this story of mine, but we haven't talked about it in the context of like quitting. Um, and so yeah, you're right. What you're saying that my dad was super involved and he's always loved basketball. He's always loved, um, like when we were younger, uh, me and my brother playing, he like loved to support us and kind of be involved. Um, my dad is also really like old school and like, um, big on the idea of like of like persevering and never quitting yeah and i have i was telling connie the other day about this but i have like memories of i remember i was in seventh grade or sixth grade and i was on some like club or like travel team uh, for basketball and for some reason i did not like it i was really uncomfortable i did not like the team i was on the coach i didn't like uh i mean the kids were just super like they're all just kind of punks not fun to be around uh, we had practices like um, we had like a four-hour practice on like Sunday mornings. I, like, I would miss <laughs> church, and like the, the coach would like cuss and yell at you. And I was like, I mean, I was what like, twelve years old. I was young, Just sort of so, ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, that young. Why is that starting? And so, um, I remember like hating it. And this this was my first ever experience in sports to where I didn't feel like comfortable like on the team, and I didn't feel like I wanted to do it anymore. And so I remember like I wanted to quit, and I asked my dad and my mom, "Hey, I want to quit." And kind of give my reasons why and my dad uh wouldn't let me i remember it was so bad to the point i remember like dreading going to practice and like mm. to the point of even like, being in tears to my dad like almost begging like dad like please let me quit like i'll do anything like yeah. and he did not let me quit huh. um and it's funny like i actually like i i'm, I'm glad he didn't like i, I don't feel mm. like bitter towards him or feel like um bummed like I'm, I'm glad because he taught me like dude like some things in life you need to persevere at i think that was an example to where like we knew like for me like basketball was probably gonna be colder sec we knew i was not let's be real <laughs> at some five point. eight on a good day like you know i'm, I'm not <laughs> gonna really I'm, good I'm not gonna make it big time right so uh we knew that but just the learning the principle oh man learning the principle of like to not quit and not give up i think is super 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 important Hmm. and i might have a hard time with this discussion because like it sounds like the book is way on the side of like it's good and to quit i'm not used to thinking that way to be honest with you like that's not how i was like raised but i do think like as we're talking about i do think this like new like way of thinking um i don't want to say new way of thinking but this way of thinking is good i i think it's good but it's not natural for me because i was raising a way to not quit and no matter what um totally well i think um i'm glad you said it because there is the dichotomy like i said he he talks about um like what things you should quit and then what things mm-hmm. like identifying the dip or the cul-de-sac and mm-hmm. essentially like he encourages like i, I don't want it to be like um why you should quit yeah yeah you know what i mean like the whole premise is kind of when and how to quit well it, yeah i mean I, I think but this is a really good to talk about because i think yeah. 
uh, I think if we did this topic without you reading this book, we'd probably talk about don't quit, right? And that's kind of I feel yeah. like a theme of what we would. That's kind of how we seem to like very speak, black and white, like and, yeah. do what's hard. Kind of that's how we seem to communicate. But so I like that we're talking about it. I just think at least for me, it's um, I'm not used to it, you know. So it's yeah. good to think about. And okay, so I'm going to jump ahead a little bit, but I think what it really comes down to is ident- It's sort of like the idea of cutting the fat. Like, what are the things that aren't going anywhere that you should quit? so that you can invest in other things that would be much more worthwhile and, and rewarding. Yeah. Um, and there's times and seasons for things too. So a little bit of my story of why I quit basketball, um, I had a, sort of a similar or a, a different experience from you in that I really didn't play any sports um, until I got into high school, at least seriously. I had played like, I played a few sports like my eighth grade year, but even before that, like my only other experience was playing um, pop horn and football in seventh grade. That was a really hard experience for me. I didn't know that. I thought you played more yeah. sports than that. No, not at all. So it was like a really yeah. steep learning curve for oh, me coming into high school. I had been like involved in like competitive sports from like second grade. Yeah. No, I, I had, had no literally idea. nothing at all. Okay. Um, which I, I I don't like regret or like blame my parents for, but like it would have been, I feel like I would have had even like an easier time if I did. That but actually explains a lot. It does. <laughs> Not Dude. like a, but I, I remember like actually like um, playing with you and having practices. I remember like yeah. uh, with one, you know, Coach Brad <laughs> would be yeah. involved. I remember like the shock on your face when he would be a little intense, you know? <laughs> oh yeah, totally. <laughs> well, okay. But it, it wasn't that shocking because in seventh grade, I played Pop Warner football on a team that I knew nothing about. I didn't know. I kind of decided on a whim that I wanted to play football. And my dad had never brought it up to me before. It, I like brought it to him like, hey, like what if I played, you know, tackle football? And he's like, all right, let's find a team. And so we found the, like, the closest one to our house, which wasn't in a nice neighborhood. And it was sort of like in a more ghetto area, I would say. And so I played with this, like for the first time, I was basically just sort of like basketballs, but like thrown into the situation where literally everyone on the team had been playing since probably like kindergarten, to be honest. Some of them, like, literally, like, I mean, their dad was a football player, their brother was a football player. Like, they were, like, out of the womb playing football. I feel like Pop Warner is, like... It's very serious ser- culture. Like, serious side, yeah. Yeah, and so I was thrown in, having been the only kid who had never played before, and, like, three or four years at least back from everyone else. And uh, the coach was... He was literally a Marine and, like, a drill sergeant. And dude, he was so intense. We Literally, there was one time... Uh, this was like at the end of practice, we went on an eight mile run all together in full gear. And this was after practice, like after like a long two hour, like strenuous practice because someone messed up. And so we would go run and uh, anyways, back up dude. So seventh grade Corey, chubby cheeks, like (laughs) big gap in his two front teeth, like come over here. Oh man, so cute. Dude, okay. <laughs> I'm just thinking of you in like a helmet. So, <laughs> <laughs> and actually, your, your cheeks all pushed up, man. Okay, cool. but seriously, actually, that was part of the reason why I ended up quitting was because um, my helmet. I don't know if it was like I have like a crazy head shape or like just more like round than normal or something, but I couldn't get a helmet big enough for my head, and I I literally felt like someone was squeezing my head constantly, like it was so tight. I was wincing literally like constantly and I would ask for a bigger helmet and they'd be like, no, like, you know, Be suck big, it up. But yeah. yeah. Like just being kind of like dumb and ignorant. Um, so you, okay. So you quit. I didn't know that's where this was, this was going. Yeah. Okay. So I played for three months and it was like a four or five month season. Uh, we were like halfway through the season mm-hmm. and, I, and I quit. 
Um, and was that like a battle? Was your dad cool with dude, it? Dude, it was like, such a battle. Well, because we had, an, I mean, it's not cheap either. Like football gear. Yeah, it's expensive. You know, I mean, we probably paid like 500 bucks for all mm-hmm. the stuff. And now we're midway through the season. And mind you, there's only like like eight games you play in a season. And so I think we had played like like four by that time. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so I didn't want to let my dad down. Like I had already like gone through all this. I didn't want like the kids to think differently than me or like, you know, different of me. Like, oh, like he's the quitter kid. Or like, where's Corey? Well, he quit. Like, mm-hmm. you know, blah, blah, blah. I'll make fun of him. Um, so there's a lot of like anxiety and like pressure. But it got to the point where I was so tired, like going from, school to practice and then we had practice six days a week and there were like long practices and then the seventh day like well, it was literally no we had seventh grade yeah no we had practices so five days a week monday through friday and the saturdays were games um and uh it got to the point where i was so tired that like i was falling asleep right after practice at like 7 p.m and then i wouldn't wake up again until school i didn't get my homework done my grades were slipping and uh and so finally i remember I was laying on the couch and I had fallen asleep and it was like 11 o'clock. My dad was on the computer and I got up and he was like, Hey, like, are you okay? And I was like, honestly, I've, I'm like pretty miserable. And I was like, I'm really, really tired. And like, I'm, I'm not having fun at all. And he's like, well, like, would you like want to quit if you could? And I was like, yeah, I think I would, but like, I don't want to. And he kind of told me like, well, it's okay to quit. Like, I'm not going to be mad at you. Like I, I want you to stick it out, but like also it's okay. Also part of the backstory was I was like super bullied. <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned like seventh grade Corey, because I was very bulliable with my teeth. <laughs> Were you big though? I was big. I mean, going to seventh grade, I was like, I was five, nine, like one thirty. You were five, nine, seventh grade. Yeah. That's such crap. Yeah. Dude, I, man, I'm <laughs> I ain't 5'9 now, bro. 24. <laughs> but that was also part of it, too, was I had these big chubby cheeks and these giant buck teeth. And they called me. I At the time, it's hilarious because I thought it was like an endearing. Like they had, oh, they have a nickname for me. They called me Snitsky. <laughs> and <laughs> it's so funny because after the season was over uh, or so after cool. I had already quit, um, I was telling my sister that they called me Snitsky. And she's like, Snitsky, like, who is that? I was like, I don't know. I I think it's like some wrestler. Like, they're all really into like WWE. And so she's like, let's look him up. (laughs) So we look him up. And he's he's literally the ugliest, scariest man I've ever seen in my entire life. He's like this bald, white, like giant, monstrous man. Super ugly. Okay, how do you spell it? Um, It's it's like a sort of like a Russian spelling, like Snitsky. So like like S-H, or sorry, S-C-H-I-S. T S K Y or something like that. K listeners. And he's a wrestler. And that was like a crushing moment for me. And, uh, but like a a lot of that bullying too, I just made me realize like, dude, this is not healthy. Like I, I was like, I mean, it was really miserable every day dreading going to practice. And so I decided to quit. And, um, and the coach like tried to get me to stay and was like, you know, I understand, but like the season's halfway over and, um, but at that point I was just, I was done. Like it was, it was really like, <laughs> like the, probably the most miserable thing I've ever done in my life. Do you see him? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, show me. I haven't seen it in such a long okay, time. Hold on. I gotta find a good one. And it's, it wasn't far off, honestly. Kind of like yes. That. That's exactly <laughs> the picture. <laughs> Guys, type it in. Snitsky. It's Snitsky. S-N-I-T-S-K-Y. Snitsky. Okay. Snitsky. That's right. How it sounds. 
Wow. That's so funny. I'm sorry. I probably shouldn't be laughing, but this is really funny. Okay. So this is a, a ton of backstory for now me talking about basketball, but basketball for me, like now again, it was sort of a similar situation where I was really invested. I had all the gear. I was going to my, you know, I was in my second year now and, um, basically sort of like you got to the point where, um, it wasn't that fun anymore. And I realized like, well, one, I had this kind of pipe dream of thinking like, Oh, I'm giant going into high school. I'm six feet tall, you know, one like 60, 170. Like by the time I'm a senior, I'm going to be like six, six and yeah, I can get like a college basketball. You yeah, have a chance to make this right. Well, after my sophomore year, I was still exactly the same. I hadn't grown. I hadn't gained any weight. I was still like the skinny, scrawny, lanky, uncoordinated kid. It's like, that's not going to happen. Like this is a cul-de-sac, yeah. you know what I mean? And, um, but I was really afraid. I, d- I didn't want to quit during the middle of the season because I just like promised myself that I wouldn't do that yeah. after playing football. And so I stuck out the season, but then realized like sort of like you did, um, that was right after that was, I mean, just a few months after I'd become a Christian. And by, by that time I was going to small group consistently and I was leading worship and I was going to homeless ministry and getting more involved in Tuesday night group and also just sort of decided like there's a lot more things that I'd like to do. Mm-hmm. Um, also small group leadership of like this deserves my, my time rather than mm-hmm. basketball. Cause it was super intense. You yeah. know what I mean? Like a lot of people had to choose sports over ministry or one sport over all over sport, all other sports. Yeah. Hmm. I, mean, I um, for me, like I don't, I don't regret it. Cause I mean, for me, high school was so much fun. Like I enjoyed my high school time. Totally. Like I, I feel like if I would have, like stuck out playing it w- I wouldn't have you know yeah and I, I'm really glad that I I didn't quit like mid-season it was kind of like it it ended so it was kind of like kind of like you renew right do you renew yeah. or not renew it like a lease whatever right. and so I just chose to not do it again and so um, like for me that was really good and uh, I'm also like looking back at it I'm, I'm glad that again when I was in seventh grade that I didn't have the choice to quit hmm. um, at the time it sucked but I'm just thinking I think yeah. like when I have a kid right if I have a son if he's playing a sport, like what would I do? And like, I hope that I have like the strength to be like my dad and, and really encourage him to, to finish. And I think there's like a balance. Yeah. Um, I don't remember when or what it was, but my dad did allow me to quit something. Um, it, I think it was like a basketball team, but it was like another one that mm-hmm. I wanted to quit and he let me quit. And it sounded like, from what I remember, it was similar to yours to where he kind of explained it to me, like saying it is okay to quit. And here's when I think he, I think at that point he knew I had like learned the lesson yeah. of like to not give up basically. And so. That it is important to persist. To, yeah. And so like we said, like, I mean, when and how is it okay to quit? I want to get into a couple more examples if we can yeah. sort of quickly, but um, like preferably don't quit in the middle of things. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like stick it out at least to some point where you're at a, a, a good place to quit, you know, quitting when like you're needed or quitting when, someone's depending on you or quitting like right in the middle of something important is never a good idea. But also I think quitting gracefully, you know, like there's, there's a difference between like, I have a good reason for this. I want to focus on something else and I'm going to do it respectfully and, and give you, you know, yeah. a handshake and, and thank you rather than like storming out and, you know, throwing your Jersey in, in a trash can full of fire and like, you know, saying, screw you. I'm never coming back. And yeah, you know, there's definitely a, a graceful way to do it too. Yeah, I think also um, quit not quitting when stuff is hard. Like only quitting yeah. like uh, on like on a positive like note. I think it's important. Like if you're gonna walk away from something, like do it when it's like hard to do so. Like to where like you're doing well in a sense. Like yeah. you've you feel like your time 
in that activity is like is done right and it's ready to move on i think it's important because if you're going to quit when stuff is hard like you're going to be qu- tempted to quit often because yeah. you know if if you're doing something that's probably going to be hard fairly often if it's worth doing it yeah. so I, yeah. I think you know i'm as i think about it more i think maybe one of the main pieces to this is quitting is okay when like there is no reward or it's even detrimental but like otherwise don't quit because there's going to be a reward. You know what I mean? Like when there's no longer the reward of like getting a basketball scholarship or even enjoying playing or like now you have to sacrifice all these other things that you'd like to do. That's a detriment to Mm -hmm. your life and it's okay to quit at the right time and place. But for other things, like if it's just hard, if it's just painful, if it's just kind of sucks in the moment, but there's still going to be a reward at the end, even if it's just a lesson of sticking it out, don't quit. Yeah. Like that's not the right time. Yeah. I think um like be slow to quit is like a good principle. Mm. Like yeah. if you're gonna stop something, like be slow to do it. And by that I mean like get advice, talk to people, think it through. Like kinda like you said, don't um like qu- you know, quit gracefully. Like, don't quit like, by like storming out or right. by out of like an emotional like response, you know. So be slow to quit. Spontaneously, yeah. yeah. Just do it thoughtfully and slowly. So um but uh, so more recently probably more like tangible more real life for us yeah. both of our jobs so we yeah. we both uh like changed pretty pretty recently so I last year in August was when I um I left uh working for the, my fam- my family's company and um I had been there for like 6 about 6 years That's crazy um and I like and I, don't, I, ne- I never thought I was going to leave I always thought I was going to be there and I think for me like now that I'm kind of hearing like the um, the thought process behind Seth Godin's book, I feel like I was definitely like in like a colder sack environment. Hmm. And it was funny for me, like, but maybe earlier on you were in, well, that's what I'm trip. trying to say. Yeah, and yeah, I yeah. wonder if he talks about this. He probably does. Like when you try to punch through like that colder sack and you try to keep going mm. and you just keep kind of going round and round and round. Like yeah. that's for sure where I was at. And I think you probably remember me like in the time, I like, just sharing with you kind of how I was doing, but uh, I'm sure you remember. I was like, I was frustrated. I wasn't, I wasn't satisfied. I wasn't happy. And I, I had constant, um, I, I desired, like, I wanted, like, something more. I wanted to really be in, like, a position of, like, being like, in ownership of what I was doing. And uh, I think for me, like, I was, like, trying so hard to make it fit. Like, I was trying to, like, I convinced myself that this was the path for me and this was what I was going to be doing. And I wasn't open to anything else. And so I was just set on that. And I think because of that, like, I wonder, like, if I missed any other opportunities. Like, I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm not saying that as if, like, I'm not happy with what I'm doing now. Like I love what I'm doing now, but I, I just wonder yeah. like, because I was so set on that, like I wonder if I like I missed out on something, but um, yeah. So for me, uh, I feel like I just tried to, I tried to punch through it. And I think for a while I was in this colder sack environment and it took me, took me a while to like kind of months and months, like month, not just like I, close to, days, I would say yeah. over a year, like you're probably a year and a half. I yeah. think I knew deep down I needed to explore other options, but I think I just, I so badly wanted to make it work. I wanted. And so that was my experience. And um, so I'm, v- I was very slow to quit. I think yeah. too slow. So I'm on that side of the spectrum. I think others are like, this is hard. I'm going to quit, you know? So I'm like the opposite of that. So yeah. I, I for sure need to grow and like learning when to quit probably sooner. Um, that being said, I think for me, like in that year and a half or year or so when it was, when it was hard, that previous job, um, I am glad I stayed that time because I think I learned in that experience. I think it was good for me to do to do a job I didn't want to do for a long time. It, yeah. it was, I mean, it, was, it sounds silly, um, but I think it was just good for me. Like mm-hmm. it taught me to like persevere and to put my head down and just like simply get the job done. Uh, when I, I would say, so about, I would say about a year and a half, it was, I knew I, it was hard, right? I would say about 
um, six months in, I considered like looking for other work. I think I started applying for some jobs. I remember having a talk with my my sister, who's my boss, and I was telling her like, "Hey, I'm I think I'm gonna start exploring options." And she really encouraged me to not quit until it was um, things were going well because at that time it wasn't going well. I was uh, not yeah. I was not happy yeah. and I was not really performing well. And so I committed that okay, I'm gonna leave on a positive note. And um, actually, my the second to last month before I left, I got like employee of the month award. Like I ended up mm. like. Um, and like our top sales numbers, I did really well, and because I was I was motivated to like leave on a positive note, and then the following yeah. month I quit, and so it was like for me, it felt like I wrapped it up and I did what I could, and I um I stepped down. So that was for me, that was my my quitting story with the mm-hmm. job, and um yeah, that was me. Yeah, and one thing I wanted to note too was, <clears throat> I, I feel like part of the stigma around quitting is that if you quit something, like that's the end of it, but in reality, when you when you quote unquote quit something, you're really just changing or you're sort of like course correcting. You know what I mean? Like you're, you're transitioning. You're, like it's not, um, yeah, you're going from one thing yeah. to the other. You're not stopping completely. So that's sort of, uh, c- part of my story was, you know, when is it okay? When is it right to quit your job and get a new job also? So I had been at Cordial for almost two years and I loved all of it. And I really didn't have like, I mean, there was like a couple small dips, you know, where there was, um, you know, uh, personnel changes or there's just different kind of times and seasons uh, for me personally and just kind of my own motivation. Um, but that was sort of like one of the realize, realizations I had was um, one, like this great opportunity kind of fell in my lap. And so not only was it a question of should I quit, but it's what, like, what's the opportunity cost? Like, what would I be missing out if I didn't take this? Um, but two was, um, like you said, learning, like quitting on a, on a good note, like I was in a really good kind of comfortable place and, but I also maybe wasn't growing that much and I wasn't challenging myself that much. And so I felt like it was the right thing to do because I, I wanted to be uncomfortable again and, and learn and challenge myself. And so it's, I mean, it's sort of like if you just take the inverse of like when most people quit, when it's hard and uncomfortable, quit when you're when it's easy and comfortable, like you know what I mean? Yeah. And, yeah and, and change to something else and challenge yourself. So then I started with brand metrics, totally new company, very different new role, um, different dynamics, uh, you know, different expectations. And it's been a whole new challenge for me. And I've been really grateful that I had the courage, even though it would have been very easy to stay. And I love all those people and love the company. Um, learning to quit. Uh, it was sort of like a, a personal cul-de-sac for me. Um, feeling you know now i mean i'm not in like the dip right now but it's like there's it's you can't expect things to always be easy and you have to learn to embrace mm-hmm. embrace the hard parts and the challenges of something new when you quit to something else yeah i feel like with a job especially there's like so for you it seems more fluid like when you quit it was kind of like you said this opportunity kind of fell in your lap and it was yeah. kind of apparent like that you um, this was the, the the better option for you, and it yeah. just seemed natural for me. It was like I had to like almost create an option, right? You know, yeah. so there's kind of like that difference of like depending on where you might be in your job. Like some are some are gonna flu- be fluid and, and smooth, and others like you may have to create something. Um, and I think for me, like with my situation, with my personality, like I'm not the kind of person to like go out and go get it and make it happen. Like if if I have it in front of me, I'll do it well. But I'm not the kind right. of person to go create an opportunity, and so. If you're like me, like that might be hard for you. And I, I think you're probably similar in that. Like you're not gonna yeah. run out there and go make it happen. 
maybe not, but um, I, I feel like with your situation, I mean, I think we've talked about details in the past, but I feel like you kind of, in a sense, created that. Like, it wasn't intentional, but it you had a part in, like, how it happened, you know? So Yeah, totally. But I think that's part of it. Um, like, why was it good for me to quit when things were easy mm-hmm. and comfortable? Well, because I needed a new, a new challenge and because I needed to push myself further. I needed to, um, like, really force myself to, to grow in a lot of aspects. And so it's, again, it's like the opposite of the dip. Like, I mean, what is your life like right now? Like, is it super easy? Or like, are you finding yourself being really comfortable? Like maybe you need to go like change it up. Maybe, you, you know, you want to quit something that's maybe easier, not challenging so that you can really push yourself to do the next level of like where you're supposed to be or the thing you're supposed to do. Um, my story isn't like as drastic, as drastic as yours of, you know, buying a business and, starting in a new industry and learning the ropes for something completely new. Mm-hmm. But, um, I think it just goes to show like the, the, the stigma about quitting, like has to be very, quitting is always very contextual and like you can't think of it as so black, black and, and white. white yeah. yeah. Um, so what about with like friendships or relationships? Like when is like, Oof. yeah, and no, I just saw that. How do you, <laughs> how do you, um, yeah, I mean, I was, let's, let's start with like friendships. Like how do you okay. know, like, Cause that's less dicey, but like with like a friend, you know, you have a friend that may not be like a good influence. Like when, when do you, and how do you like draw a line with someone? Mm. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, it's hard because I think a lot of it has to do just with like where the Lord is leading you. And I think you can also like, we don't have to just do it all alone. It's one thing I want to also mention, like you should be seeking counsel and you should be asking the Lord for his will to reveal it to you. You should be reading the Bible, asking your, you know, your spouse or someone that you trust. Um, but especially with friendships, I feel like, um, usually like, you know, when the right time to kind of let go of that person or kind of like, you know, ease off the gas with that relationship is again, looking at like, is this something that is like creating value for me and for them? Uh, like, am I influencing them? Are they influencing me? Um, really just looking at it with an honest view of like, am I, am I still friends with this person out of obligation? Um, or because I feel like God is leading me towards this person to witness to them or to help them in some way, or like, am I really invested in it? Like, do I really enjoy them? You know, mm-hmm. because I feel like we hold on to a lot of friends maybe that we should sort of let that relationship go just out of a feeling of like feeling guilty. Like what if I don't? Or, yeah, or like not wanting to quit on someone like kind of same. Yeah. And like, that you need to hold on like even maybe if they're dragging you down with them in some ways or maybe if like you're kind of enabling them in some way possibly too yeah well i think what you said even applies to like a dating um like relationship i think i, th- I think if you're if you're real with yourself if you take a real look at it i think you know for the most part like um kind of deep down like you know like whether something is heading in the right direction or not and when I, when I say deep down, I don't mean like you just enter like, you know, supernatural like <laughs> sense. I don't mean that. Yeah. I just mean like if you are walking with the Lord and if you have surround yourself with good friends and good mentors. And there's going to be conviction. If you have like a check check and a balance, right? And then, um, yeah, there's going to be conviction. You're going to know like is this good or not good. Uh, I, th- I think back for me, like my dating um, <laughs> relationships that didn't work out. Like <laughs> I, I knew, like I knew deep down, like I really did. Like that th- these probably weren't going to make it for the long haul but it's just something in you like whether it's pride or whatever it is like you, you want to fight through that mm-hmm. and I, I just think like i didn't have any like crazy super hard like um or like regretful you know relationships but i feel like um if i did that would have been a bummer it would have been a bummer that i didn't listen mm. to you know to mentors or friends because i was 
wanted to pursue like what I felt. But there are people for sure that like they push through and it ends like in, in heartbreak and destruction. Yeah. I just think that um I think it's important. I think the biggest thing I would say was probably friends. If you have friends that you ask their honest feedback and if if your friend if you have their trust and they have your trust and they're, they're hopefully they're gonna be real with you and kinda tell you, Hey dude, like this girl's crazy, bro, run away, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um but I think yeah, take an honest look and just kind of um really like recognizing what's going on you know yeah and maybe like a good kind of stress test is are they making you more godly or are you making them more godly if either of those are true then like yes like Mm -hmm. keep pouring into the relationship but if if one of those or neither of them are true like if if they're making you less godly or if you're not making them any more godly and sort of it's not going anywhere then um you know then it's time to invest in other people that need your help and, and they need your relationship yeah yeah, that is interesting though, yeah. especially with relationships too. You know, I mean, uh, every relationship is hard. I think this is really uh, like applicable to marriage now too. Where, like, are you in a dip or a cul-de-sac? Well, when you're married, it's sort of like no you're more, always yeah, there's no, no more cul-de-sacs. No more yeah. Yeah, this is the dip. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's it doesn't have to always be dip uh, the dip, but there's going to be dips for sure. Mm. There's going to be some times where it's hard or it's painful or. Um, things aren't going well, you're not communicating well, things, you're not happy together. Um, but like, that's one of those sort of applications where no, it's never okay to quit. Yeah. There are obviously the circumstances around, um, when it's okay to, to divorce. Um, but just to, to quit in general, like you, you can't just quit on someone, um, out of nowhere Yeah. and, and you need to push through and, and keep investing. It's good. Uh, I feel like there's so much more we could explore, but I think um, this is a good note to to leave it on. Yeah. So, are you in a dip or a cul-de-sac? Dude, I, uh, I feel like I'm in a dip. <laughs> 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 no, I, uh, I I was telling you, I think I was telling you earlier, like I, I think it was the last episode. Yeah, I was like, I feel like for me at least, where I'm at, like, dude, I feel like things are are, are going well. Like I'm super grateful yeah. and excited. Like just kind of where I'm at, man. What's happening? So. Yeah, where you past the dip now. Pass the dip, baby. I'm on, the, the, I'm on the, the upward climb, man. That's right. I, well, actually, I just want to bring up one more thing. We were, um, Monique and I were talking about at our marriage class how, uh, like, the year that we were engaged was really kind of like a dip for us. Like, it was really challenging. I'm glad I was not alone in that. <laughs> there, yeah. There that was, was a, uh, a deep dip. Yeah. I mean, it's hard. Yeah, like, it's hard. Dude, there's yeah. just, uh, I think it's good, too. Like, it's good to be challenged in that time when you're preparing for marriage because there's no better time to ask yourself the hard questions and to go through hard times than right before marriage when it's really real and there's a serious commitment and covenant. Um, but like now that we're past that and now that we're like reaping the rewards of marriage and we've been married for a year, like it's amazing. You know what I mean? I can't imagine like being tempted to quit in that time or call off the marriage or even, you know, breaking up when we were, maybe when things weren't, weren't happy or we couldn't like find a compromise or something. Um, but definitely, you know, hold on to, to what's after the dip. Mm-hmm. If you're in one, that's hard because it's like, you know, there may be some people that in the engagement stage, like it's, it's not a dip and it's a colder sack and it's mm. th- Hey, this needs to stop. But I think for me, I have like a similar like, experience that I like, dude, our engagement time was good, but it, it was definitely hard. And I feel like, the, the common advice we were hearing and that we got was like, dude, marriage is going to be hard. Like, it's good, mm. but it's so hard. And yeah. it, to me, it felt like just plagued with like, everyone said it's it's hard. And that was the focus. And so it's only been, I think, almost two months. But 
it's been so good. And like for us, like and I, I don't really feel like we're in like a honeymoon type stage. Like, um, I don't really feel like we're in that. It just feels it yeah. feels real. But dude, for us, like I I think it's the um like the spiritual like aspect of spiritual like authority and the spiritual like bond that takes place like in the covenant of marriage because. Like, dude, for us, things have just flown. So, like, it's been so much more fluid, and like we've, yeah. um, everything has clicked for us rather than w- during engagement. And so, I don't know. I think what you just said about like pushing through um, those times of, of conflict and, and engagement, I think that's iffy. I think it goes it goes both ways. Um, I think under the circumstances of like um, pre pre engagement counseling and hopefully meeting with like a couple, I think um, like that could be gauged whether you know. Yeah, totally. Yeah. You can figure that out with counsel and with mm-hmm. prayer and. And when we're trying to figure it out and asking the Lord. <coughs> All right. I can do it, man. I Take us away. Two in a row. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thank you for listening. I really appreciate it. We appreciate it. We do. Um, if you guys have any questions, feel free to email us at cultivateandkeep.com. Feel free to reach out through Facebook, Instagram. Please give us a six-star review. Yeah, yeah. Nothing more, nothing less. Um, besides that, I think that's it. We'll see you in the next one. See you.